to talk a couple of minutes uh, on the title, Supernatural Protection for Today. Supernatural protection for today. Psalms 91, verses 9 through 11. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. I read it from the New Living Translation. Hallelujah. Some of the current stats that are uh, out there today. Um, it was a, an emergency meeting on Saturday in the White House, and they've engaged uh, Dr. Fauci, who has served for many, many years as the director of National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. And so they've put together a, con a compendium of, of very knowledgeable people with regards to infectious diseases. Um, he's been there since 1984. He oversees research to diagnose, prevent, and treat infectious diseases such as HIV, AIDS, malaria, tuberculosis. So you have people that are there that know what they're talking about. The challenge with these viruses is that you don't see them until you see them. And they can walk in people unannounced. You can't tell uh, of, you know, the difference between the common flu that we all experience every year uh, from this coronavirus. So because of that, we've had to restrict travel. The United States has had to do some very difficult decisions. Uh, travel from China, for example, has been understandably restricted from, you know, from going from here to there and, and back and forth. In many cases, people are being tested before being allowed to come into the United States. Uh, people in the cruises, oh my God, what a torture. They spend 14 days in their rooms. Now, if you're like me, you, you, you try to save a buck. My wife and I, we try to save a buck because these things are expensive and we love cruising. I think right now I'm gonna say we used to love cruising. <laughs> and we, used, we, used, we always go to, for the cheaper rooms. You know, sometimes you get a little porthole and in many cases you don't get a porthole. So I was thinking to myself, I'm a type of person, you do not wanna restrict me to a place. I will go stir crazy. I have to get out. I'm serious. You, you don't get me out, I will get out one way or another. I'll get out through a vent. Imagine 14 days in one of these rooms that don't even have a window. Well, they were stuck for 14 days, and then when they were re repatriated in the United States, they had to spend another 14 days of extra quarantine. So this nation, in most cases, has tried to do their best to try to halt this thing, or at least stem it from, you know, as much as they can. So there was some talk uh, about the funding to the CDC the other day, and, and some people even made that a political issue, that uh, the president had taken money away uh, from the CDC. But the truth is, and the news admitted, that actually more money has been given to the CDC. So even there, there's positive steps. They're, they're working with that. So, you know, what are you gonna say? But, but, oh, and, and even, by the way, the Ebola virus, remember that? There was some money left over for that. Mm -hmm. So it's not a money issue. It, it, it's not an attempt to stop it. It's just that this thing is insidious and it's gonna run its course. So part of the, the, the issue that we need to understand is that uh, the older folk and the little babies are the ones that are most at risk. Yeah. The ones with compromised immune systems. In 80% of the cases they are saying, the professionals are saying, that mostly you'll feel like you have uh, the flu. You, know, you get a, 
sniffling, sneezing, a little difficulty to breathe, uh, fever, and then in about two weeks it should go away. That's what they're saying about 80 cases, about 80% rather of the cases. Now, having uh, talking about it in the United States now, as of yesterday, there were already new uh, 66 new cases. So we know that it's it's here, and it's trying to make its way through, and. Um, and unfortunately, the sad thing about it, one gentleman that was already compromised in his health passed away yesterday. So, man, this, this was sad. So far, we were kind of happy that nobody had passed away in the United States, but the truth of the matter is it's sad when anybody dies, anywhere in the world. But we've had our first casualty here in the United States. Three new cases in California, Oregon, and Washington State. So it's making its rounds. So what do we need to do ourselves? Practically, well, just yesterday, I walk, I'm walking out of the bathroom, and this genius just starts coming, and he's sneezing all over the place. I chew, I chew, I chew, so I go. You know, no, it's dude, what's the matter with you? At least your mouth, or you know. So, yeah, some people just don't have brains. So you have to have brains for yourself, and for them too. Amen. And then, you know, the thing about covering your face with this mask, what the doctors are saying is that the best use of the mask is if you already have it. Because if you sneeze, it'll stay. The droplets will stay inside the mask and you won't hurt anybody else. Most of these masks are useless. Because we, we, are, we are, by nature, people of habit. And we shake hands and then we rub our eyes. We go to our nose. We can't help ourselves. We always do that. So just, we have to be careful. So it's good to walk around nowadays, practically, especially if you travel and train, walk around with one of those hand sanitizers. Yeah. You know, come out of the train, I still can't be Tony, no matter what, I can't be Tony. He's the master sons. So, yeah, and the thing is, just, just be practical. Uh, stock up on vitamin C. Get your immune system, I mean, revving. Get, get those good, you know, the good vitamins that, that can help you, that'll boost up your immune system. Eat good things, that, you know, chinitas, you know chinitas? Oranges? Yeah, because what happens is you want your immune system to be strong. Because it's not just the Ebola, it's not just all that, just everyday flu, everyday issues. They're still there. As it gets warmer, a lot of these things die off, so we don't have to worry about it now. But, but March, just be careful, be practical. The most important thing is don't step into a spirit of fear. That's right. Because for whatever reason, when you fear, your body tends to believe the news. For whatever reason, once again, it tends to attract the very thing you're trying to avoid. Amen. One, one person in scripture says, the very thing I feared has come upon me. So we have to be very careful. Walk in confidence. Walk in the peace of God. Just, you know, just be careful. If you see some genius, you know, achoo, achoo, from a block away, okay, you achoo that way because I'm going this way. Yeah, it's, it's very, very important. Um, you're going to hear a lot of things in the news. Um, I got to tell you, uh, I am very disappointed in our journalists today. Um, our journalists are spinning out of control. Um, there's always been spin, uh, which is the way somebody would, uh, 
I guess, share an information based on their bias. And true, pure journalists are not supposed to be biased. They're supposed to just share news. Here's the facts. Here's the facts, handle it. Do what you need to do. Or here are some things you can do. Here are the places you can go. You know, be a journalist. But unfortunately, we can't depend on them. So don't determine your worldview based on what you hear journalists say. Do your own due diligence, your own study. And mostly, um, in the morning, before you go out to work, make sure you're moving with the presence of God. You're moving with the Word of God. Declare the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Declare the Word of the Lord over yourself. Plead the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ over you, over your children. Because, uh, you know, we need supernatural intervention in many cases. And so, you have it. It's yours. God gave it to you. So, let's walk in that. So, I wanted to share very, very wonderful, precious principles from Scripture because we need it today. First and foremost, Mark 4, 24. It is vital today that we take heed to what we listen to because more will be given. That's another principle of, of hearing. In Mark 4, 24, Jesus said, Then he said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will given. Did you hear that? Yes. So what we hear, more will be given. What we take heed to. In other words, what we're assuming is truth. What we're assuming is fact. The more we want that, the more comes to us. And if all we listen to is fear-based information, more will come to us. Amen. Take heed what you hear. Yes. I choose to hear the word of the Lord. You consider an example, Abraham. Abraham heard God. He heard God. He heard God. His father was not a Christian. His father was not a Hebrew. His father was not a believer. But Abraham heard God. And he chose to believe God. The Bible says in Galatians 3, 6, just as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Amen. Abraham believed God and there, from heaven there was an account to his account. Something rendered to his account. When something is accounted to you, that is something of value that's given back to you. Yes. If you buy something and you don't like it, you, you call the, the owner of the company or the department that handles the finances, say, I don't want it, I want a refund. They'll account you know, to you or they'll return to your account the value that you had given it. Right? So Abraham believed God and to his account went something of great value. Righteousness. When we choose to believe God, something powerful happens. Therefore, we need to take heed what we hear and what we listen to. Verse 7 says, therefore, know that only those that are of faith are sons of Abraham. Only those that are of faith are sons of Abraham. When we choose to believe God, we benefit from the same blessings that Abraham has. It says, and the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, in you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those that are faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Amen. But it's interesting, it's that Abraham believed that set all of this into motion. Abraham chose to believe God. So when we heed God's instructions, when we heed the word of God, 
and put word, God's word into action, something supernatural happens. Yeah. In John 8, 56, Jesus said this of Abraham. He said, your, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and he was glad. He saw it and he was glad. So even Jesus referenced the faith of Abraham. Amen. He referenced the, faith, the fact that Abraham chose to believe. And in Hebrews 11, you can see he's in the Hall of Fame of Faith. Jesus acknowledged the, the believing structure, the lifestyle, the decisions, the actions that Abraham took. So those of us that believe in God, in heaven, there's a memorial to those that believe God. And it's accounted to us as righteousness. We believe and we trust in Jesus. We believe and we trust in his word. Take heed, take heed. See, it's vital because the enemy in this day is attempting to disrupt your belief systems. He's attempting to disrupt the very things that you're trusting God for. You're believing God for salvation. Has God really said that? You believe in God for healing. Has God really said that? He comes at everything that you're going to trust in. And it's by design because a man and woman that trust God is a powerful individual here in this earth realm. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. He attempts to distort the seed that you receive through your ear gates into your heart. Don't allow him. We must guard what we hear and see because it shapes what we believe. It shapes how we respond. Our belief system shapes the way we respond. Our belief system determines our atmosphere and our environment. What you believe will make you cranky. What you believe will make you angry. What you believe will make you happy. What you believe will make you confident. So he's, a, he's after your faith. In this day, the enemy is after your faith. Tell your neighbor, don't let him take your faith away. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A major part of the ministry of Jesus was to proclaim the truth. So that people could embrace and listen to and hear and receive the truth. In John 4, 34, it says, Jesus said to him, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Amen. <laughs> Jesus had a passion to proclaim the word, to preach the good news. John 5, 17 said, But Jesus answered them, saying, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. Amen. And if you listen to his assignment, his assignment was to preach and to heal and to proclaim the truth. Remember what he said to Pilate? You said right that I'm a king. And my job, my assignment here is to proclaim the truth. And whoever believes the truth is of me. Right? So, it was, so Jesus was proclaiming the truth. Why? So we could hear the truth, receive the truth, and believe the truth. And be adopted into his family. And he avidly, with all of his might, he preached. With all of his might, he pursued together with his father the very thing he was put here on earth to do. Amen. And in John 9, 3, um, a blind man had come up to him for healing. And the disciples asked him, says, this man's been blind from birth. Who sinned there? Was it the parents or him? And Jesus had said, neither, in John 9, 3, neither this man or his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Yes. Interesting. What were the works of God? Jesus went to him and healed him. Yes. So part of the works of God is to yes. heal. Hallelujah. And he went about, uh, Acts chapter 10, he said, he went about doing good and healing all those that were oppressed of yes. the devil. Hallelujah. For God was with him. Yes. When God is with you, God will heal those that are oppressed yes. of the devil. Hallelujah. 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 
And part of that work is to bring healing, is to bring divine health. Part of that, that, that assignment is to, to restore you back to yes. your purpose yes. in God. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. So that, what's the work? It was healing. Jesus said, I must be about the business of my father, my father's business. There were many issues in Jesus' day, but his focus was on his purpose, to be about his father's business. His assignment kept him steady. Say to your neighbor, it's time to be steady. His relationship with his father kept him strong and fixed on why he was on the earth. Tell you, baby, you have to be strong and fixed on your assignment. His knowledge, his knowledge of the father's word was his GPS. He would go where the word told him. He would go what was according to his assignment. Hallelujah. His love for mankind kept him moving forward to the cross. Yes. Say to your neighbor, the love of God in me, love love God God in me compels me, compels me to, stay on track. to stay on track. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good. See, when God anoints someone with Holy Spirit and power, they're going to do good. Yes. And it says, and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with them. Remember, we referenced that verse before. The key, the key, the key. The key was the presence of the Father was with him wherever he went. Yes. Hallelujah. John 14, 10, he said, that, do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the mm -hmm. Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. So he acknowledged that the Father was with him wherever he went. And the things he did, he did in obedience to the Father. Because he was in constant communication with the Father. See, he had the presence of the Father with him wherever he went. See, that's the secret. He would go to pray, but he went to pray so that the Father's presence, so that the Father's will could be done. That's the key of prayer. It's not just to speak words. It's to make sure that you're in sync with the presence of the Father. And that the Father's presence is with you. Prayer will reveal the presence of God in our midst. And the presence of God is the one that will reveal the miracles in our midst. Yes. Prayer positions you to have the presence of the Father revealed in and through you. Amen. We're not trying to get something from God. We're trying to reveal that which we already possess on the inside. John 7, 38 and 39 says, He that believes in me, as the scripture has said, again, the Jesus referencing the word. See, that's why we have to be word people. Jesus himself, our master, mentor, and teacher, always used the word. As the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living yes. water. And then verse 39 says this he spoke concerning the spirit who would, uh, who would, uh, whom those believing in him would receive. For the spirit was not yet given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. So in other words, uh, Jesus was still in the presence. So he was the one that was uh, the, the counselor. He was the advocate. He was there. He was with them. But once Jesus got taken away, then the other counselor came. The other comforter, which Jesus promised. But interesting, look what it says, rivers of living water. That definition of, of rivers, not just one river, but converging rivers means torrents. Torrents. And torrents is something forceful. Torrents is something violent. If you get caught in a mix 
of the unifying or the blending of rivers, you can die. Yes, yes. That happened, almost happened to my, my wife in Bermuda. She got caught where, where the, the, the sea was converging in a different area and it was hitting here, hitting there, and it started throwing her and thrashing her about. I remember one time when I was a child, my neck almost snapped because it just took me and, and twisted me in my face. I got a face plant in the sand underneath the water and my whole body bent backwards, but I went like this. So instead of a snap, I went like this. Yeah, and then this came off. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to put it back on. <laughs> so the torrents of water are very dangerous. But Jesus said that he who believes in me, torrents of living water will flow. Praise God. And I'm telling you, it's not something that you're seeking that's out there. It's something that you want to be released from here. So when you come to the place knowing who you are in God, and you have the presence of God being revealed in and through you, torrents of living water will begin to flow, and the enemy will be taken out of the way. Demons will have to flee. The environment will change in a heartbeat. Problem is, we have not believed it. We've been believing, we have been believing in a lie. And, and God is saying to us and reminding us today, my people, you need to get back to who you are. Amen. The enemy has succeeded in taking you out of your place of authority. Yes. You need to come back to your place of authority yes. because my presence has to be released. And when my presence is released, that's where life comes forth. That's where deliverance happens. That's where his word, where his grace, where his love, where his life gets released. It's when his presence is there. And the ones that release his presence are his people because we are carriers of the presence. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, Ephesians 3.21, now, now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Wow, look at that. Exceeding abundantly. God doesn't do just normal. When we ask, he does exceeding abundantly according to what we, uh, above all that we ask or think. But it's according to the power that works in us. If we hold back the power, nothing can happen. And how's the power released? Presence of God. Yes, yes. Glory to God. Exceeding abundantly needs to happen, but we need to release the power Amen. according to the power that works in us. To him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So there are some things that he wants to do in and through us, but we're still battling our identity. We're still questioning, oh, God, do you love me? Do you love me, God? No, yeah, he loves you, but come on, get away from Christianity 101. Let's get into who we're called to be. It would have been a terrible thing if Jesus is on earth. If Jesus, and he was like, Father, do you love me? Do you love me? No, he went in authority. He didn't question that relationship. He was clear in his, in his relationship. What is it that has been hindering your relationship with your Heavenly Father? What has gotten in the way that is making you think that you're a pauper when in fact you're a prince? Hallelujah. According to the power that already resides in you. Yes. We need to be about our Father's business like Jesus was about our Father's business. His Spirit dwells in us. So as we partner with Him and obey His Word, people will be saved, yes. healed, set free, delivered, encouraged, restored. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Now, we're the ones that have to do the works of God. In John 6, 28 and 29, in the 
Passion Translation, it says, they replied, so what should we do if we want to do God's work? And Jesus answered, the work you can do for God starts with believing in the one he has sent. Yes, Amen. Yes, Jesus. Now, do we believe in Jesus? Yes. 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 But do we believe in who Jesus is? Do we believe that he is the Messiah? Yes. Do we believe that on the cross, he literally destroyed death, hell, and the grave? Yes. Do, we, do, do we believe that he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave from Satan? Yes. 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 If we truly believe that, that, mean, that makes us supernatural people. Yes. Hallelujah. Because the greater one resides in us now. Colossians 1.27. Jesus in us, the hope of glory. I am with you, and I will. I am with you, and I will be in you. Amen. Glory to God. Ephesians 2:10. We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. See, we were created to expend energy. We were created to be about our Father's business and do the works that He called us to do. And he prepared them beforehand that we should walk in them. In other words, we're already qualified to walk in these good works. We're qualified, like Jesus was qualified in his time, to walk and do God's will, the will of the Father. We are also qualified to do what he called us to do. We're qualified to pray for the sick. We're qualified to preach the gospel. We're qualified to live by him. We're qualified to be salt and light. We're qualified. We're qualified to be ambassadors for him. He already qualified us, and he created us in such a way that our spiritual DNA, that's our norm for us to walk in these good works. The, the word works there is the word ergon, the Greek word ergon, which means effort. It means our occupation, our labor, our actions. So God qualified us to be able to expend effort that would bring salvation, deliverance, set people free, help people to grow in the kingdom of God. We're already, our DNA has given us that authority. Oh, I want to know what I should do. Preach, teach, disciple. Manifest Jesus. Reveal his goodness wherever you go. But I don't have a title. Yes, you do. It's called child of God. believe in him, to trust in him, Hallelujah. to meditate Praise on his Lord. word, to obey his word, and to put his word into action every day. Praise and this God. is a breakthrough moment for you. God is reminding you, yeah. what are you doing, my son, hiding over there? Come out, come yeah. forward, and be revealed to this nation. Be revealed in your community. Be revealed in your family. Be revealed in your business. Be revealed wherever you go, because I am with you. Divine provision came to those who obeyed God's word, who, who, who obeyed God's instructions. Remember Isaac? God told him, I want you to dwell in Gerard. Yeah, but Gerard, there's a famine. No, go there, because I'm going to bless you there. I'm going to bless you there. So looking at it today, today we're looking at the dollar. We have lost, I don't know, several thousand points in, in the stock market. Most people don't even know what that means. Most people don't live there, but they hear that, they get scared, they get nervous. But yet Jesus told Isaac, I want you to go to a place where there's famine, and I'm going to bless you a hundredfold there. Do you think God is worried that the stock market went down a thousand points? He's not worried about that. He can prosper you in the midst of a famine. Now, I am 
understand that there are some practical steps we can take. Problem is that most of us won't see them happening and we can't make a decision quick enough. Only day traders can do that. A day trader has to have at least $25,000 socked up in an account and an agreement and he can buy and sell instantly. Or he can even have the bots do it for him or her. Right? He could uh, move 100000 uh, away from the stock market that is linked toward the, the NASDAQ or the, or the, the, Dow. the Dow, right? The Dow, right? Now, go at, there are actually stocks you could buy that go 100% against the Dow. When the Dow goes down, that stock goes up. Come on, Other people can buy gold, right? And the gold goes up when the stock goes up. Why are you messing with my... <laughs> break? No. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Praise the Lord. I'm, I'm falling apart here. <laughs> so, so what happens is, the problem is if you don't have $25,000 socked up in there and you don't have an agreement, you can sell your stuff, but it takes three days for what you sold to become cash. So you can't use that money to buy the Contra stock. That's where they get you. So the day traders, they're moving and selling. They're buying and selling. And we're going, we sell. Okay, wait for the money, wait for the money, wait for the money. And by that time, everything turned around. Other times, you look and the, the, uh, the Dow goes down 800 points. You go, hmm, wow, that's bad. Second day, Dow went 1,000 points. Hmm, that's bad. Two weeks later, you're going, wow, I'm going to have to switch my stocks. And we lost it. By the time, that wave is gone. Now it's going to go back up again. So what we do is by our nervousness and our fear, we sell at the wrong time and then we buy at the wrong time. So we end up losing any profit we had when we, by the time we sell, and I was going upward, and now we're trying to catch up, waiting for it to become cash, and fortunately, we're at the wrong side. So my counsel, stay away from individual stocks. Go into the mutual funds. Mutual funds will go down. Right now, your, your 401ks are down, I don't know how much, a couple of hundred dollars, a couple of thousand dollars, right? Depending how much you have there, right? Give it six months, we'll be right back up. Exactly. We'll be right back up. I guarantee you it. I'm not a betting man, but if I were, I still wouldn't bet. <laughs> but I'm telling you, within six to nine months, anything you've lost, you're gonna get me right back. So we can't fear, we have to trust God. We have to trust God. God will give us strategies and wisdom that have nothing to do with the manly wisdom. All these things are created by man. And since they're created by man, there's a certain group of men that know how that thing moves. So they make billions off of it because they're the ones that created it. Right now you're seeing it. There's some people that should be in prison that are not in prison. Because they're the ones that created the laws. But again, that's... What am I going to do? I'm going to go to Washington, D.C., get off the train. I'm so against what you're doing right now. Nobody's going to listen to me. We have to live our life. We have to live in peace. God knows the injustice. God knows the criminals who are using the system, manipulating the system to take the, the money from the citizenry. I'm so upset. Right now, New York City, they, they created a law. Amazing. I mean, when I come from the George Washington Bridge from the Jersey side, I have to pay, what, 18 bucks? Now they created a law that if I go past 96th Street, I'm gonna have to pay another amount of money. What for? For what reason? What purpose does it serve? Except to line the you know, pockets of it. It pays, it pays salary, but the, the point I'm making, 
is don't expect them to make laws that are going to benefit you. You have to make your own. You have to develop your own strategies. We have to pray to God for wisdom and understanding. Because whether it's a beautiful economy or whether it's a famine, God has a way to prosper you even in the midst of famine. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to worry about it. I know the Lord will provide. He'll provide according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus our Lord. When I dropped this thing, it opened up about five windows. So you read uh, Genesis uh, 26, Isaac sowed in a field at God's instructions, and he reaped a great harvest during a famine. And what about the widow and her sons with the jars of oil? In 2 Kings chapter 4, she obeyed God, and she had only a little jar of oil, and God prospered her to the point where so much oil flowed into every single jar that she borrowed, and the prophet told her, now take all that oil, sell, sell it, Pay back your creditors. Live off the rest. Amen. Off of something that was not enough. What about the little sandwich that the kid had? If you have two fish, five, five uh, pieces of bread or five loaves of bread, that fed, I don't know, how many? 5,000 men? Not counting women and children? Could, yeah, could very well have been 20,000. Understand what you have in your hand with one instruction from God, with one revelation that God can give you, with one strategy, it can reap your fortune. Amen. It's not about the fortune. It's about your relationship with your heavenly father, knowing him because he knows all. He will create a way where there is no way. Amen. Hallelujah. He will create a way where there is no way. So part of our job, our assignment, has to be to cultivate the presence of God every day. Every day. You know why? In his presence, there's wisdom. In his, in his presence, there's confidence. In his presence, there's, there's joy. In his presence, there's provision. In his presence, there's strategy. In his presence, there's clarity. So that should be part of our master work, a master assignment. Because from there, we can then touch the world. Hallelujah. What about Peter? Peter, the master fisherman, by the way. This man and his teams had looked all night long in the place where they knew the fish were at, and the fish weren't there. They had worked all night long, the master fishermen, and they were already putting everything away, the nets putting them away, the boats putting them away. Jesus showed up. Um, Jesus, I need to borrow you. I mean, Peter, I need to borrow your boat. He gets up, and he starts teaching the people. Again, see? The word. Always sharing the truth. Yeah. And he tells Peter, Peter, Oh, you catch anything? <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> there are times. <laughs> Timing is everything. Yes. There are times where a question is <laughs> just, it, gets, it rubs you the wrong way. Let me put it out. <laughs> and I'm sure, how's that working for you, right? I'm sure that Peter <coughs> responded with respect because he was the rabbi. And he knew that. He says, we haven't caught anything all night. We, we toiled. And the word toil means we worked hard. All night long we haven't found anything. In this place we usually find, and we're disappointed because we're the ones that the community depends on to you know, eat. Our families depend on us. Uh, the, the local economy depends on us. So it's interesting that Jesus was teaching a spiritual truth. Then he addresses a business need. You know, 
Jesus is very practical. Business is important because that's what feeds people. That's, you know, you have staff. Uh, some of you have staff. Some of you have co-workers. You know, they depend on that. So our, our businesses need to prosper. Jesus addresses the business. He says, um, how you doing? How's that working out for you? <laughs> we, have, we, we looked all night long. He says, launch into the deep. He does. He says, now throw um, the net this way. He looks at him. He says, we've caught nothing all night long. In other words, I'm telling you, there's nothing there. He says, but at your word. See, that's the key. The presence was with Peter. And even though Peter was not in the mood, even though Peter had tried before and had failed, even before in the past it hadn't worked for him, but the presence of God gave him an instruction, and that's what you receive when the presence of God is all around you. You start getting instructions that will seem insane, crazy, out of place. They don't make sense to your natural. They don't make sense to your experience. And God says, do it again. Watch how I'm going to bless this time. Peter said, at your word, at your word, because you say so, I'll do it. It's not that I'm in the mood to do this. It's that my experience is saying it's not going to work, but I'm going to believe your word. I'm going to stand on your word against the circumstance, against the situation, against the quote-unquote reality, against what other people are telling me. There's a famine of fish. There's nothing around. There's no hope for today. They're not there. Maybe sometime in the future. But at your word, I'm going to choose to believe you, and I'm going to do what might come naturally against my thinking, but I'm going to believe you, and I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to do it anyway. And he decided to do it, and what happened? He found so much fish that his, his boat started to sink. He had to call out to his partners, partners help me because my whole fish is going downhill here. My God. Hallelujah. The very thing they had done, but with one exception. Trusting God, hearing from God, cultivating the atmosphere and the presence of God in there. Not just praying rope prayers, but praying to have the presence of God manifest in the realms, in our environment. We need to hear God clearly in this day. We know what we're seeing, we know what we're hearing, but take heed to what you hear. Take heed to what you hear. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Malachi chapter 3. The devourer is rebuked. When we tithe, when we give. Uh, seek the kingdom of God first and the rest will be added. See, we, we want, we're chasing after the things. Jesus is saying, don't worry about it. Just seek my kingdom. These things will be added. I'll add them to you. Make it a priority that my presence is there. Seek the kingdom of God first. And these things will come to you. They'll be attracted to you. I will make a way where it will come to you. I know you need these things. What I'm saying is don't put the things first. Put me first. Exodus chapter 8. God told the people. God told the people, listen, when you have your houses, when you're filled, you know, when, you, when, when you're prosperous, don't forget, I'm the one that gives you the power to acquire wealth so that my covenant may be established. The problem is we start getting some things and we think we're big and bad now. I'm Mr. Something-something because I have a million dollars. No, you're not. You're like dust. You're, you're, like, you're like a little leaf. You're here today. You're gone tomorrow. Don't think you're all bad in a bag of chips. 
can change in a heartbeat. Right now we have a producer, a multi-millionaire producer that has been, I don't know, incriminated by like about 500 women and he's gonna be doing some serious jail time. It's very possible he will die in prison. And he thought he was like, you know, God's gift to everything. You can have it today, it could be gone tomorrow. So seek the giver, not the gift. Put him first. And watch how he'll give you the proper instructions. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The miraculous is already within us. It doesn't need to be found somewhere. It just needs to be released. We don't need to obtain sonship. We just need to reveal and release what we already have and who we really are in him. So you have divine provision. It's yours. Regardless of what's happening in the economy, you don't have to worry. Jesus commanded us to not worry or worry not. Don't worry about these things. These things that the Gentiles chase after. That meant the unbelievers. I know that you seek my kingdom first. I'll make sure you have those things. And with regards to divine protection, in Matthew 15, 26, it confirmed. Jesus confirmed that healing is the children's bread. Remember he told the Syrophoenician woman, healing is the children's bread. You have the right to access the healing of God. I remember I was listening to a testimony of a woman, a pastor woman and her husband, living in Guatemala for many years. They had uh, patriated to Guatemala from the United States and they were serving many of the children. And she had children that she adopted. And the child uh, pretty much got very sick, um, something like that, or, or had an accident. And the brain was totally destroyed. The pieces of brain, literally, all over the place. And the doctor says, um, baby's, mm, baby's dead. She says, no, baby's going to live. She had such a faith. And she went to the child. She prayed over him. The brain come back together. She just started speaking the word of the Lord over him. And uh, the doctor says, baby's dead. Says, nope, baby's going to live. And so what happens is she kept on arguing with the doctor. Arguing with the doctor. And after a while... The baby wakes up. Yeah. And they check the baby out. His brains were okay. They said, where were all the pieces of the brain before? The doctors had to admit this was a supernatural miracle. Amen. Amen. And this is a woman who just moves by faith. Her and her husband. Another couple, they also had a child who had a very a bad illness. It was uh, something like a diphtheria or, or just something really bad that just messed up, it, it messed them up in the inside and he was dying, he was legitimately dying. And the doctor told him, sorry, we can't do anything about it. This, this illness has taken the, the baby, the brain, all the parts of the body and the whole thing. Unfortunately, nothing's gonna happen. My cousin, last week we prayed, 6.30 that night, the heart was normal. Hey! <laughs> So the doctor's saying they don't understand it. You mean to tell me doctors don't know everything? Exactly. So this lady, she starts arguing with the doctor, and the doctor says to her, listen, this illness, we cannot do anything about it. This is this. I'm telling you, the illness is gone. She says, no, it's not gone. He started arguing with the lady, and he shows her the record. Illness. And she's saying, no. Illness. No. And they were literally fighting like that. And so finally what happens, 
the, the young man gets healed and they check the body, the blood, no illness, no sickness, no disease, no virus, whatever it was, virus or bacteria. The doctor has such a bad attitude, he didn't even acknowledge it. He just could not go to that lady and say, sorry, you're all right. He couldn't do it, he couldn't do it, he couldn't do it. But he had to admit, it was a miracle. Amen. It was a miracle. Yes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I remember years ago, uh, and when, where I was saved at, uh, in 107th Street, one of our uh, uh, brothers were uh, on the top of a long ladder, and he was putting an air conditioner, and he fell. He fell head first. And he broke his neck. And you know, he took x-rays, and he had, his neck was split. Um, and so he was in the hospital, and we came, and we prayed for him. And uh, then the young man takes that, uh, that cover, like a break, yeah, break. So it was like a break, takes it off and walks. You're, you're sick. You're, you're, your neck is broke. What's the matter with you? Now I'm here. You win. Just, well, I tell you what, I'll put it back on, but you have to test it again. Do another set of x rays. And they did. The second set of x rays, no break in the neck. Hallelujah. Okay, Hallelujah. You want to say something? So people online could hear you. That's right. Um, I was getting infections two to three times a month since transplant. Uh, I got frustrated and I said, Lord, you know, you're the one who gave me this kidney. You even notified me first before I got the call. Tell me what's going on, you know, because I've had already prayed for healing. I've gone up for healing. Um, as of January, I don't have any more infections. So, so what is God doing in our spirit right now? He's encouraging us. He's strengthening us in the inner man, letting us know the supernatural is not over. It's still alive. It's part of our sonship. It's inside of us. We need to just get bold and, and we need to start taking risks. The part of our problem has been we've been afraid. We've been afraid to take risks. We've been afraid to pray for others. Well, what if it doesn't work? Well, what if it does work? That's right. That's right. Amen. You'll have a bona fide miracle in your hands. We need to pray for as many people as we can find. Don't worry about it. You're not healing them anyway. It's God Almighty who will do the work. We're just obeying the instruction. The important thing is to cultivate the presence of God in our midst. When you cultivate the presence of God, everything will change. <clears throat> Hallelujah. There was this one man of God um, who, uh, what he did was he went to the doctors, and I think he went on to be with the Lord. He, was, he, you know, he lived his entire life. He went on to be with the Lord. He went to the doctors. He said, give me some of that bacteria. Put it in my hands. And they gave him a live bacteria. Put it in my hands. Watch it die. Because anything I, I touch is going to die. He, he said, any bacteria I touch will die. Because the power of God will make it die. The doctors, come on, do it. They put live bacteria in his hands. He said, now test it. And they would test it, it would be dead. That was his faith. Your faith has made you whole. God is more than able. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask him. Yes. According to the power that resides in you. Give him some praise. Hallelujah. 
Psalms 91. I want to read it to you. Those who live, Psalms 91, those who live in the shelter of the Most High. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. Those who live in the shelter in the Most High, of the Most High, will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. Amen. Say it again. And protect you from deadly disease. Hallelujah. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. So if he's covering me with his feathers, what does, where does that mean that I'm at? I'm in his bosom. That means I'm in relationship there. Yes. Intimacy with him. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Amen. I'm say it again. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Don't be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Amen. Though a thousand fall at your side and ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, what's a refuge? A place you go into and live. If you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. He will order your angel, or rather he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust my name. When they call me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue you, rather says, I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life, and I will give them my salvation. Hallelujah. That's his word. That's his word. It's not Channel 7 Eyewitness News word. It's not NBC's word. It's not CBS's word. It's God Almighty's word. He's my Lord. He's my King. He's my Master. He's my Creator. He's the one that formed me. He's the one that's more than enough. He's El Shaddai. Hallelujah. He's my healer. Glory to God. He's my soon and coming king. Glory to God.
Let's extend our hands over this way to this wall to where our children are. Let's bless them. Let's bless them right now. Father, right now we thank you for our children. We bless them. We plead the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ over them. We thank you, Lord God, that you're with them, that you guard them in school, that you protect them. Thank you, Father, that they will come home healed and safe. Thank you that your presence is with them. You'll give them wisdom, divine protection, your grace and favor. Thank you, Father, that you will go with them on the way and on the way back home. You never leave them nor forsake them. We bless, we bless the children now. We pray for a great move of your spirit over our children. May your presence overtake them. Lord, even, our Lord God, as a prophet of old was given to the church, was given to the temple, was given to the prophet as a child. Samuel grew up in your presence. I pray the same for these children. They would, they would grow up in your presence. That they would hear your voice early, my God. And give you glory and give you honor. And be salt and light even at their age. We give you the glory. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Father, right now I pray your blessing upon your people. I pray your glory. Let your glory, let your glory, let your glory flow. Let your glory, my God, come upon your people. Let your power, your anointing, grace come forth now. Come forth now. Come forth now. Come forth now. Come forth now and bring healing, bring restoration. Joy of the Lord, come forth now, hallelujah. Lift up your hands in the presence of God and receive from Him, because He is worthy. Receive, receive. Hallelujah, Father, right now. Right now, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Release, release, release from us, Lord. Release from us right now, Lord God. That anointing, that grace, that faith, let it be released. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you. 
I hear the spirit of the Lord said in my spirit. Between this month and next month. Even the last two weeks of the following month. From the youngest to the oldest. If you put 10% of whatever you've been blessed with. Then I will show you something. Test me now. Between this month, next month, and two weeks in the following month, 10% of anything, anything that comes in your hand, you come and you lay it at the altar and test me now if I will not break the back of the enemy that holds you. And your generation and your generation to come you will remember this day, there'll be shifting for the future of the house of the Lord and the body of Christ in the land of the living. The Lord said, test me now. Test me now. And see the blessing of the Lord unfold upon your life. Breakthrough, sickness, diabetes, fornication. My God, the Lord said, I will even remove the sins of those who have committed abortion secret, and I will expose the devil, and I will give you rest. Hear me now, said the Lord. Seek me, and you shall find me. My hands are not too short that I won't bless you, said the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Well, there's an instruction. We receive an instruction in the presence of God. So that's, you know, I submit that to you. I'm going to follow that. Talk to my wife. We'll see what is our 10%. Although we're tigers, but sometimes there is a, a time and a season where God... Uh, challenges us with the very problems and issues that are happening in our day. Remember the widow? She had nothing, and that's where God challenged her. Because God wanted to take, it, take her away from the view of what she saw and take her on a higher plane. And sometimes God will challenge you right at the place where you're hurting, at the place where you're challenged, at the place of a crisis, which it could be a national level, a local level, and, and it'll challenge you there. What did he tell um, the patriarch? Isaac, he said, go into the land that is currently experiencing famine and sow there. That was crazy in the natural. But God was giving him an instruction. But Abraham was quick to obey. Amen. So, praise God. So, in terms of divine provision, in terms of divine health, you know your root. You know who you can trust. I believe God has encouraged us and he's realigned our vision, our perspective. So as we leave here today, go in a spirit of faith. Go in a spirit of peace. Because even the prophetic words that he will even heal us. And he'll heal things that have happened to us in secret. Even in the time of the crisis, God is saying, I will heal some of you. Some of you have issues within that, that you have pain. Uh, uh, you look at the past and you have guilt about. And God's ready to even heal that. Because he loves us. 
He's a good God. He's a good God. So be encouraged. I'm going to release you now. finances it's your faith and your heart that you will heal you will heal yourself through your faith and your heart and notice 10 percent is 10 percent a millionaire's 10 percent is not a person making twenty thousand dollars ten percent but it's the obedience to god is the same thing it's a ten percent so when we obey the instruction god Provide supernatural man. So he gives us an equal footing. He didn't say, I want everybody to release $50,000. Because not everybody has it. But everybody has a 10%. Amen. That's the beauty and the miracle of the time. Praise God. Jesus. What the brother, God bless you all. What the brother, what the brother has said about the 10%. It's what I was giving on Monday night, your quality time with the Lord. What the brother is saying, it doesn't have to be financially. It has to do with the time. Yes. In my, in my lesson, and, and, and I, I didn't speak to the gentleman about this. In my lesson, it was your quality time with the Lord. 24 hours a day. 10% of that is 2 hours and 40 minutes. A prayer, a deed. Praying over somebody, making a phone call. If you can work for two hours, uh, two hours and forty minutes in something that relates with the Lord, anything that relates with the Lord, with your worship, whatever it is, there is a ten percent. That is a confirmation. What the brother get is confirmation of what we were doing on Monday night. And I don't know why, 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 why I gave that lesson, but the Lord knew. It's confirmation. And, it, and, and, if it's, and, and, and you can start with little. you got six weeks to do that. You can give two hours and 40 minutes of your time, whatever you do with it, do it with the Lord. Yes. And that's what it is. It's confirmation what, what I was giving Monday night. That's what it was, Pastor. Yes. Praise God. God, God doesn't miss that one. Yes. We, appreciate, we appreciate so much that you open up your home. You and you open up your home and you minister and it's it's such a it's an extension of what happens on a Sunday here so thank you so much for all that you do and the love that you share there you, you minister to them spiritually and with food and with fellowship and friendship it's, it's such a pearl thank you so much praise God I'm about ready to close the service but I'm going to leave the altar open if you need prayer if you need to come closer to God if there's anything you need uh, just feel free to come to the altar. We'll have the ministers here and the deacons here to be ready to pray with you. But let me release you now so that you can take this word and meditate on it. Some of you might want to listen to it again. It's uh, on YouTube. It's on Facebook. So you can feel free to do so. Amen. Let's all stand. So Father, dismiss your people now thanking you for your kindness. Thank you, Lord God, for realigning us that we'll be able to stand strong in this day and be salt and light. And be an answer for somebody else, my God. Thank you for that which you already placed in us. As we go, we are carriers of your presence. 
So, Father, thank you that your angels encamp around about us and guard us and keep us in all of our ways. Lord, we're so grateful to you for your kindness, your word, your promises, your faithfulness. We dismiss now from this place, giving you all the glory, the honor, and the praise in the awesome and majestic name of our Lord and Lord, King of Kings, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you all.